again, everybody, and welcome to the Semi Pro Film Show. My name is Dalton Barrett, but you may know me better as Barrett Digital. And in the screening room with me, I've got my good friend. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Josh Clements, uh, aka Brit Edit, and uh, we've got a very special guest today. He's not special. It is. It is. He's, he's a special uh, boy. I'm filling in. It's Edison Farouk, aka Spider Monkey. It's, it's, he's a very special boy. Yes, I'm not special. We love him to death, uh, and he's gonna bring it. He's gonna Josh. He's gonna bring in a lot of listeners, so we need to keep him on just for a little bit because he's got that big following or whatever. I, I I don't think I will. So the reason we had him on is because we we talked him into doing a Twin Peaks binge with us with me and Josh, and so to keep up with our Twin Peaks month that we kicked off this January. We're doing uh, the Twin Peaks movie, the prequel movie, Fire Walk With Me, as our commentary track for the month. And we're super excited because Josh hasn't seen it, but me and Itzim have both seen it. And so we're just going to we're just gonna hop in and, and, and watch it together. I cannot wait for this. So we're um, at, if you have the Criterion release of this movie, you're going to want to go about 20 seconds in. Um, if you've got any other release of this movie, you should be able to start it right before the, the title screen comes up. So we'll do, we'll do it like we did last time. We'll do a little three-second countdown, and then we're all going to hit play. If you're watching on YouTube, you can try and sync it up with the little screen in the middle of your screen. But I would be very doubtful that you can do that. So, all right, everybody ready? Yep. Uh, yep. <clears throat> all right. Three, two, one. All right, we're going. We're going, fellas. We're going. Um, so, like I said, Josh hasn't seen this. No, this is uh, this is my first time watching it. I'm excited for him to be traumatized. By yes, I, I, absolutely. I love Twin Peaks. I, I've seen the first half of The Return. Um, I've seen season one and two, obviously. Uh, I am looking forward to this. It's been hyped up very much, though, by that one and by the horror that Itzem has instilled when he talks about it. It's I, uh, traumatic. I do want to say, as simple as these opening credits are, I do really like them um, because I like that color because it's such a sharp contrast from the red that's so prominent in the show to go from yeah. red to like this this just royal blue. It kind of leans into the fact that this is different. Yeah, guess, it's not. That could be. Also- the music i have expected the i mean i more expected the intro from the show to be a thing in the intro yeah it does the song caught me off guard and i did enjoy it they use it in the movie but not in the not in the opening credits yeah you can you can never go wrong with a smooth saxophone oh yeah it's very uh also ironically this is probably what laura palmer the last thing that she saw blue static Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> because she was wrapped in plastic. Wrapped in plastic. We, um, we should all apologize because at least half of this is just going to be us saying stuff from Twin Peaks that has probably been said a million times in very bad accents. It's the coolest person in the world, by the way. Shout out James Marshall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man. Oh, Keith Thompson's in this. Lovely. Yeah, it's uh, Venom Snakes in this, man. <laughs> I love when he shows up and stuff. I'm surprised I... his dad's still alive. Kept you waiting. Here he is, boys. Kyle McCoughlin, oh, Special Agent Dale Cooper. That's what we like to see. We we uh, we stand Kyle McCoughlin. 
If yes. he isn't, I I'll be very disappointed that he doesn't have a role in Dune. Uh well, I would highly doubt that he would because the old Dune movie is so panned. Everybody hates it, so I don't know I, why. I, I have to still watch that movie, and I'm more excited for it because of Twin Peaks. Should also I, note, uh, Mark Frost was a producer on this, but he didn't write any of this, um, which should be noted. It it does have a drastic tone shift because of that. Mm. Uh, and I I know this opening credit, like I know this, but uh-huh. just because I've seen it talked about, I love the symbolism. <laughs> Right. Very subtle symbolism. Yeah, it's super subtle. <laughs> David Lynch definitely knows subtlety. She's dead, wrapped in wrapped plastic. In plastic. Oh, there he is. Oh. <laughs> what a man. What a man Gordon Cole is. Just, just look at him in all his glory. In his I, office. I love this man so much. Here's uh, uh, now, This is the Twin Peaks I know and love. Here's rip off <laughs> Dale Cooper. <laughs> He's not as cool as actual James. He's a fake. <laughs> oh, man, I'm I'm so excited for this. He looks like Matt Smith. Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> has this great way of making just the most awful things in the world. <laughs> There's a dead girl! <laughs> so I'm in the middle of watching Twin Peaks The Return. So seeing him young again is so weird. It is. It's a, it, especially because he's in the same role here that he is in The Return. And it's great. Um, a little bit of trivia. This this agent here was supposed to be um, Dale Cooper, but Cal McCoughlin wanted his role in the movie cut down to avoid being typecast as um, this FBI agent type character. So that's kind of why they wrote in fake, fake Cooper. Fake um, He's not as right. cool as the real Cooper. No, nobody could ever be. The glad hand. Check. The trench coats are amazing. Maybe they are. Well, this is this was like '95. Uh, am I right? It was two uh, years after the show ended, so '92, '93, '92, '92. Yeah, this was like this was still kind of running off the '80s thing of just like every cloth has to be ill-fitting. We're in full uh, Lynch territory already. Yep, you got a woman dressed entirely in red. <laughs> My mother's sister's girl. <laughs> <laughs> It's. I mean, it's just full Lynch already. It's like, it's the woman in the radiator all over again. I like that. You can see. You can see Lynch is going a bit gray in the temples. Mm-hmm. You can see the uh, David Lynch. This is just going to be a David Lynch fan commentary. Yes, uh, he has the most glorious hair in the world, and that will never change. This is he important. He has more hair in the Return than I have right now. I love this. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> though that woman was there for a reason. Sure, she was. 
So this is this is more what you'd expect from like Twin Peaks, right? Uh, like a show going into Twin Peaks, like oh they're going to have problems with us and we're going to have problems with them, and it's just going to go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, it's like Sherlock, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's like David Lynch tried to explain his work, right? It's great. I love this. I love this so much. I know he's explaining everything, but I just get more confused because of the visual. Uh huh. (laughs) Because it's so distracting and so weird. I love how I, the FBI just has all these codes for that these different things. Oh yeah, yeah, they can't just explain it. No. No, no, that'd be too simple. No uh no files here, just a dancing woman. Oh, so that's what the blue rose means. Yes. yes. That means like I say, I I've seen the return, so I kind of it, this is like it's like putting together a puzzle but you've already cut out half of it. You you do the puzzle backwards. You're you're only looking at the back pieces. But exactly. <laughs> you're just exactly. looking at plain cardboard. <laughs> yeah, after not eat. Yeah. So, Deer Meadow, I love Deer Meadow because it's essentially just the anti Twin Peaks. Like it's the exact opposite of the opening of the of the show, where you know the Cooper type character comes in, and but the whole town just feels like the opposite of and Twin it's Peaks. Horrible, <laughs> right? <laughs> Everything is horrible. Everyone, everyone is horrible and everything is horrible. Right. Like Keith and Sutherland just kind of sitting in the back like a little boy. Yes. <laughs> you look like a young David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, yeah, this is more what you'd expect going into like Twin Peaks at the time. Right, exactly. <laughs> Sheriff Cable. I'm a big fan of the deputy here too. He reminds me of that character in The Return. Like yes. The, uh, the, uh, the one who just hates everybody. This version of Lucy, too, also gives me a chuckle. This uh, not Lucy. Just sitting there reading her book. And she's laughs at everything. She's the anti-Lucy because she's reading. <laughs> so that makes her smart. <laughs> I, like, I like how they're just laughing at their own really bad jokes. It's weird. This doesn't actually feel too okay. No, never mind. I was gonna. This doesn't feel too Lynchian. And then he grabbed the knife. Well, it. I mean, you don't want to just drop people in. You've got to ease them. We we did just have the the dancing girl with the blue rose. Blue <laughs> rose. People need a break. Do you think Diane ever was the dancing girl for the FBI? You would have to oh, think yeah. so, right? Oh, all, the, all the time. Yeah, all the time. It's even he even looks like a, he looks like Andy. See, he looks he reminds me of Red Foreman from that '70s show. <laughs> <laughs> if you mixed him with Lurch, it also reminds me of Robocop for some reason. <laughs> he reminds me of that guy in Robocop who gets like covered in acid and then hit by the car. Yes. Yes. He looks like if you took any middle-aged celebrity and mixed them with Lurch. He's got a little bit of Michael Keaton, a little bit of Tom Hanks. 
But just mix with ball. lurch. It's the bolt bot doing something for me. Right. I like the enormous saw in the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're a wood town. That's the kind of Lynch stuff that I just, I love. Like the tiny has, details that make no sense and don't play into anything. Yeah. He reminds me of someone too, honestly. Special Agent Dale Cooper. Special Agent Fake Cooper. <laughs> no, it's, uh, he reminds me of Marty's dad from Bats and Future. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like, I, I feel like he's about to get his, himself beat up by he's about to get, Bill. He's about to have his own son hit on his wife. <laughs> he's about to cuck himself out to his son. <laughs> right. I've never watched Back to the Future. You what? Yep. Oh. I, I know most of what happens in Back to the Future because everyone's talked about it. I never watched all three of the movies. Come on, Isom. I know. I know. I have a lot of catching up to do. Chet Desmond is played by um, Chris Isaac, who is a singer, it appears, not an actor. <laughs> so that explains some things. I was looking to see what other movies he'd been in, um, but I can't find any outside of this. So that's apparently a theme in this. <laughs> I love that. Two oh, he was in uh, he was in oh, Silence yeah. of the Lambs. Oh, really? I don't well, know who he played, but he was in it. So. <laughs> I love I love the two second close up on the newspaper. Uh huh. Cable bench steel. <laughs> it's I love it. I love the music in this too. Oh, uh, it's yeah. it's uh, an Angelo Badalamenti. I know that Badalamenti does a great job with whatever they're handed. Oh yeah. She's dead. Wrapped, Wrapped in, in plastic. plastic. We do finally get to see Teresa Banks, which we never. We, she's mentioned a lot in um, in the first season of the show, but we never get to oh, see yeah. her. Yeah, she's uh, Coop talks about it a lot. It's like his the first case in a serial killer, right? Well, Bob serial killing. Yeah, yeah. Which is also kind of funny because I don't think you can have a serial killing with just one person. I think as soon as it's two, it beca- if it's two and they're killed the same way, I think that's when it becomes a serial case. Yeah, I think that's that's how it works. So, uh, Laura Palmer would have been the second. Which just but so they it, a serial killer before, if I'm mis- not mistaken. Well, the opening scene of the first season of Twin Peaks is Laura Palmer being dead, wrapped in plastic. So dead, wrapped in plastic. It's all about the fish in the percolator. <laughs> There's a fish in the percolator. Uh, There's not I, all that I, much. I, I was too distracted with him. I, I forgot about Palmer. I also love the, um, the, just the idea that they're examining this body while just talking about where they're going to go get dinner. Like, <laughs> it's great. They're just so desensitized to everything. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's one of the beauty of David Lynch. It's just the kind of minute stuff. Like, the fact that they, the fact that they're talking about dinner at all, that we have to see them talk about dinner, because why not? Right. Well, it, it's it's show don't tell. That's a that's very much David Lynch. He doesn't tell what's going on. He <laughs> he doesn't really show what's going on either. But he likes whenever they mention something, they do make sure to go through with it. Oh yeah. Oh, well, there's yeah, yeah. there's stuff in here that is set up in this movie that is paid off in a TV show that came out twenty years later. So it's you know, I will see you again. In- 
25 years. Correct. <laughs> I I just I love it. like watching the David Lynch movie is like it's like staring at a painting 4000 miles away. Correct. And just like you can just about Ugh. make out the colors if you're lucky. Oh. It gets me every I time. That. I love that. I want I, <laughs> I once lost a fingernail and that's exactly how they come off. Oh, it's horrible. I once uh, bit my fingernail too deep, and that was the worst pain I've ever experienced. <laughs> I can't oh, imagine. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a nail biter, and I always, I always bite my fingernails too much, so I end up like biting into the skin. So this yeah. is way too, too gruesome of a story to be telling on a public podcast. But I, uh, I slammed my finger in a car door, and oh. the fingernail, I had to pull the fingernail off because it completely just like you 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 killed the ends of the the nail is what happened so i had to pull the fingernail off but what happened when i shut it in the door is it shifted my nail bed to the side so i only have about half of a fingernail because it grows in at an angle on that finger um and what the quick of your fingernail is the part that when you bite it too low is exposed and that's what hurts and that's what half of my fingernail is now so i've just had to I've just had to get used to it being like that, and it it hardens up over time. But it, it's still very sensitive, like to touch and stuff. Oh, does it hurt still? Not really. I've kind of gotten. It's more like I've gotten used to it than than it it doesn't hurt. But they're having it right now. I like I like this place. Uh, the the anti on right. What is it? Laps Diner. Yeah, that's what it says. I also like how literally it's inverted. Like yes. you, whenever you see the the R in the original Twin Peaks, they always show it. It's more this sort of angle, like you see it coming in. Uh, yeah, and then it's, it's literally turned around. If you're watching on YouTube, then it it's it is inverted. But this this woman here, <laughs> the anti shadow, she, she creeps me out just by talking. It's the teeth. Yeah, I think she's British. I, I won't refuse to make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> she had a little problem it's with funny. cocaine, Josh. So she's it's definitely funny. British. Yesterday was a Tuesday. Well, yeah. We're recording this on Tuesday. Right. For me, yeah. it's Wednesday. Yeah, technically Wednesday. This will go <laughs> up on a... It'll go up on a Saturday, so nobody's going to understand that, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't take I don't take drugs, but I'm smoking a cigarette. I hate this guy. that guy is like every kid when you go to a sleepover Uh like oh when we watched when we watched uh that movie earlier it's like it's after 12 o'clock so he goes actually don't you mean yesterday because we watched (laughs) (laughs) who's the toehead i do want to start using that as a genuine insult a freak accident oof it's just the way she. It's just the way she's delivering all the lines. Yeah, so slow. She killed her, hundred um. <laughs> percent. Everyone in this town talks so like slow and deliberate, um, and that's what's weird. That's what's so unsettling about it to me. Everybody talks so deliberately with their delivery. I am. I also love how everyone just kind of looks like someone in Twin Peaks. Like he <laughs> looks like Pete. Right. It's the Twin Peaks multiverse. <laughs> I can't wait for the TPCU. TPCU. <laughs> the uh, the Spum C. <laughs> the Spum. <laughs> no, it's the Tapum. 
that's a punkum. Take a bum. Kiefer Sutherland has. I can't pronounce his name right now, but Kiefer Sutherland is right. I'll just say Venom Snake has the Matt Smith getup right now, which is nice. Yeah. I also like how she just says, I like how she's just like, oh, her mom is dead for three days. <laughs> That's another thing that's set up here that pays off in the return. It's it's great how much of that happens. The first time I watched this, I thought my DVD skipped. Yep. <laughs> it's incredible. That's like a. Uh, who was the comedian that used to do that? Where he'd like uh, he messed with the vertical hold on his um, Andy Kaufman. His that's the one. Yeah, that. But that's the that's the really out there stuff that I kind of love. Just because it's so it's so extra to mess with your audience through the way that they're watching their show. David Lynch is the Andy Kaufman of filmmaking. <laughs> I love that too. You want to hear about our specials? We don't, we don't have, have any. any. <laughs> I also, it, it's neat symbolism, and we're going to talk about the return somewhat periodically throughout this because it really makes a great companion piece. But we're about to go yeah. into the, um, we're about to go into the the trailer park here, which we never see a trailer park in Twin Peaks, uh, but we I, do see a trailer wow, park. I just realized this. It's the I, same completely in the I completely forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I. That's a really nice thing. Same but uh, we, yeah, Harry, Harry Dean Stanton, a famous B movie actor. Right. Um, um, we we do get into the trailer park in the return, and I think that's really neat symbolism for how downhill Twin Peaks has gone without the positive force of a Laura Palmer or a or a Agent Cooper there in the return. Because the the town that doesn't have those positive forces already has this dingy trailer park. And then yeah. the return now has Twin Peaks now has that dingy rundown trailer park, which we never see in the original series. So I think that's really neat symbolism that Lynch was able to pull off there too. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a good comparison. There she is, Teresa Banks. There it is. I want that ring. I actually, I'm a huge fan of rings. I have like eight, nine rings. And I'd really like to add that one to my collection. But I just cannot find it anywhere. It's probably on Wish. It's everything's on Wish. Everything's on Wish. Wish doesn't deliver here, man, which is sad. Maybe Etsy. Try Etsy. Yeah, Etsy's a pretty good bet. Um, I'm going to get my wedding ring, wedding ring engraved with that the symbol on it. So, I'm going to end up in the Black Lodge. <laughs> we, uh, if you're out there and you're listening to this, do you want to talk about <laughs> Dougie Jones in it? Uh, I want to save Dougie Jones for people who haven't seen, because I, I feel like there may be some people watching along with different Twin Peaks things here. I want to save Dougie Jones. I don't want to spoil Dougie Jones for anyone. <laughs> Okay. can be spoiled even if we tell people about it it's just such a great character oh dougie jones is incredible dougie jones dougie jones i told you this will be about two hours of us just quoting random various twin peaks i don't know stuff. if this character is supposed to be a woodsman or not 
<laughs> but she kind of looks like a woodsman. Yeah, like the I, early version of a woodsman. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. it. Well, it doesn't help that she's she's got like the soot on her face. Right. That's kind of what makes like, her look like one. Right. And also, the colors are very similar. Got a light. Got a light. This is the water, and this is the well. Drink full and descend. Okay, Yoda. <laughs> you said it like Yoda. <laughs> Water, this is well. Mm. The greatest teacher failure is. Descend, yes. <laughs> Yoda is a, it's like the most David Lynchian character to exist outside a David Lynch movie. Oh man, there are these uh, these old Wilkins commercials with Kermit the Frog in them. It's actually the first time <laughs> Kermit the Frog was ever in anything, where Kermit just murders this guy who doesn't drink Wilkins coffee. Like, that's the commercial. It's like, oh, do you drink Wilkins coffee? And the guy's like, nope, I don't like coffee. And then he just like blows him up with TNT. And if you told me yeah. David Lynch directed those, I'd believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it should be worth knowing that, like, yeah, David, I, I love David Lynch's stuff. And even the periods where it's just nothing, like nothing's happening, it's just characters looking around, you somehow still want to keep watching. Yeah. It's very interesting. But he, he, David Lynch's biggest strong suit, outside of the artistic stuff, is his character writing. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, so, I'd, I'd say his biggest strong suit is probably his visual uh, Oh, he def- definitely he has a great visual style, but he, his character writing is... is I don't want to say unmatched, but it's certainly his own thing. Unique. It's like a strong suit. It's just being really weird. His, David Lynch exists in a David Lynch movie. He's connected to the moon? He's connected to the moon. <laughs> moon. He does exist in a David Lynch movie, and his name is Gordon Cole. Gordon Cole. Copious amounts of cherry pie. <laughs> Oregon. Oh. Cope. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cole. We do get a lot more of uh, Gordon Cole in the Return than we do in anything else, which is great. He's basically the main character of that, um, which is super fun. Who would you say is a? This is going to be a tough question for Josh. Who would you say is a better character writer, David Lynch or Ryan Johnson? I knew you were going to say that. Uh, we need to. Uh, there comes a point where we may need to stop bringing up how that <laughs> is in every podcast. No, we don't. Uh, I honestly, I think I'd say maybe David Lynch. I'd had like I love Ryan Johnson's character writing, but Ryan Johnson's best character work was Luke, and that was an established character already. And he like his his original characters are still great. Don't get me wrong, I love Martha and I love. Uh, I love Holland. <laughs> Where's my hot water? <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. I love something about Lynch is just elevates it ever so Carl! <laughs> Give me my hot water, Carl. Well, David Lynch's um, is certainly more original. Because um, Ryan okay, Johnson, even like uh, Benoit Blanc, the absolute Chad that he is. Like, he's it, just a parody of, uh, you know, Hercule Poirot. Right. He's no, uh, you know, he's no special agent Dale Cooper. He's no, uh, what's this guy's name? Chet. Chet. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I say Chet, I just think of uh, Psycho 4, which Which, I know people haven't seen, but Chet in that is, uh, he's 
the dad, uh, who he, I think he's a stepdad actually. Um, he's Norman's stepdad. Here's a big he's plus, though. The worst person on earth. He's just like you gotta hit a woman if they don't listen to you. <laughs> it's really like toast. So it's Tracy Bond's dad. Yeah, so it's Sean Connery. Right. Um, at least we remember Chet's name. I mean, normally at this point in the movie, we would not know the character's name because we're both really yeah. bad at that. <laughs> Granted, this is the second time I've seen it, so. But yeah, but, I, I didn't mean, even remember his name from the first watch. I like that. Um, I like that the propane tanks are spray painted like gold. Yeah, it's like a precursor this... to the golden shovel. <laughs> I mean, it's yep. like. Like they're straight up just spray painted gold. The rings in this do look better than the rings in. Um... Mm, I love that. It's, I love that. It's still got the like the Twin Peaks style freezing. <laughs> the back. fade out. The, the Chad. Out. Oh, the oh. His hair doesn't look as good in this, but it still looks great. Because it's he, middle it, side parted. It's not pushed back. Like combed back. I love that this is just how uh, Coop greets the mornings. Like it's not something special. It's just that's how he. <laughs> He wakes up. Man, I'm, I was watching an episode of The Return like a couple of hours ago, and seeing them both young is just throwing me off. It's incredible, though, isn't it? Because I'm, I'm binging. I've been binging them, and it's been like I've gone through the full binge in like two weeks, so they've aged so much for me within two weeks. <laughs> because this is the first time I've seen both of these actors in some sort of property. I, I hadn't seen them before other than in Twin Peaks. I also love this. It's just Cooper walking back and forth. To it's like, it's like the first time that Coop's ever seen the camera in his life. The, the concentration in his face. But it's that's com- the most Dougie Jones that Cooper ever gets. Well, but that's completely in line with something he would have done in the original show. Yeah, well, yeah, Coop, Coop like, greets everything with this childlike wonder of just... Now, like the first time you've seen it, I think, ah, the other chat. The other chat. So the first time I watched this scene, I could not understand it. And I had to ask Dalton to explain it to me. Because, I don't know, it just confused me so much. Oh, I like that. That's terrifying. Absolutely. I like that little jaunt that Philip Jeffries has. Yes. It's really great. Mm, I love the music here. It's so, like, low. I'm not gonna talk about Judy at all. Uh, the, the, the accent that he puts on, he famously, uh, like, hated it. Um, but I think it's really good. I think it's a really good um, uh, uh, Louisiana accent. But he, um, he just hates it. There's Ooh. a woodsman there. Garmenomzia. <laughs> I just love it because none of it makes sense. Nothing makes sense. Green is its color. This is absolutely. T- it, this plays like a like a cursed video. Mm-hmm. Like, you know yeah. the backroom stuff that you find on 4chan and Reddit. Yeah, I I didn't understand this scene. That's uh, that's David Lynch's grandson. Oh, that's why he has the like the great hair, <laughs> the great the David great Lynch hair. hair. I um, this also is something that pays off in um, the return. The return. return, like I said, that's a woodsman. Um, it's an early woodsman, but it is a woodsman. 
the, got a light. The electricity thing pays off in the return. Uh, the weekend is in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Blinding lights. This is the weirdest wedding I've ever been. To. <laughs> there it is. This, this is what this is what makes David Lynch great. Just none of this makes sense. Yeah, it is both terrifying and you it just keeps, make sense it on your own. You can't stop looking at monkey. Uh, you <laughs> monkey. Can't stop looking at it. That's the monkey from What Would Jack Do? Or What a Jack Do? <laughs> oh, that's me when I wake up in the morning. Right. <laughs> I love this so much. It's just... I feel like this is just what David Bowie's everyday life was like. Right. This is so fascinating to me, too, because it's like... What an interesting concept that I've never seen done. Guy walks in, he's on the security cameras, they know he was there, but he was actually never there. Like, how interesting uh, of a thing to do, because, like I said, I've never, I wouldn't have been able to think of that, but somehow David Lynch was. I, I also like that, again, this is this is David Lynch's whole thing, you know? Uh, show, don't tell. Show Cooper being in two places at once, and then don't tell. Right, Exactly. <laughs> show show something that doesn't make sense and don't tell us how to make sense of it. Exactly. It's like Tenet. It. It's just like Tenet. <laughs> David Lynch is basically Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan aspires <laughs> to be as great as David Lynch. Right. I'm going over here. I'm going over here now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's just like he's just a normal person. Yes. Like he's not he's not like a Twin Peaks character. He's just a guy trying to make a living and all of these people are acting so weird around him and he's just like yeah. David Lynch is really good about doing that. Just putting like people in people or lines or whatever into the series to be our eyes into this weird world. Um I think uh Detective Harry or uh Deputy Truman in in the original show is is that for for the show and but then there are all sorts of them just scattered throughout the rest of the twin peak stuff that every those characters are the equivalent to and this is a weird comparison they're equivalent to uh that character from the b movie whose wife leaves him for a b and then he's treated like he's insane <laughs> for not wanting to be left cucked by a b the B movie is a traumatic movie. That's the next commentary track. <laughs> it shows you that your wife can be so happy and nothing. We actually have some nice plans for this, some commentary tracks this year. Yeah, we. Uh, I know we said that we were going to kick off Raimi Month, but we thought it'd be good to do this movie as a as a commentary, as opposed to interrupting it with with something else. Yeah, Raimi Month will kick off next week. Next week, next month. Raimi month is all year round. It, well, it's going to be half the year. We're, yeah, doing, we, we're doing six. We're doing, uh, we're doing his two most famous trilogies, uh, Quibi and Quibi. I've said this before. I really think that a Twin Peaks spinoff could work if you got the right director for it. Um, and it doesn't follow Cooper. You can't have it follow Cooper. It's got to just follow the FBI team, the Blue Rose team. Maybe not even. Oh, there it is. There it mm. is. Now we're kicking off the actual story. So we had, you know, <laughs> 35 minutes of not the actual part of this movie. You had um, 35 minutes of setup to the original series. Exactly. Man, 
This intro is so good. I love this music. It's Minecraft music, but I love it so much. It's it's so sad, yet uplifting. You know how sad this music is? Here was the most off-putting part of the whole movie for me. And it's New Donna. Yeah, New Donna just aged down, surprisingly. Yeah. Her, um, the original <laughs> actress, I think, had to leave just because of scheduling conflict. That's the official story. A lot of people think that there was some more that went on behind the scenes, but you know, nonetheless, we'll leave it. We'll leave it with the official story. Um, but like I said, I think you could do it and just call it like Blue Roses or something. And if you got, you, like I said, you'd have to get the right. <laughs> Mike looks fifty here. <laughs> <laughs> Mike looks like he's already denying people based on their resumes. <laughs> But that's the thing. It's not thing called the original setback. <laughs> really? He's, he's, cool. yes. he's so cool. He's balding at age 15, but he's so cool. He's always been cool. I mean, the, yep. the, you can only do so much, but the, none of the high school characters in this look like they're in high school, except for Donna, because she was recast. I, I was really upset that they didn't do a callback to that kid from the first episode of... That kid looks like uh, the first kid that just does like a side moonwalk into the classroom. The, one of the things I love about this is Laura Palmer snorting coke over the peaceful Twin Peaks music. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's that's such a great thing of like this this really peaceful music. It's like a really average day. It's lovely outside. She's just in the bathroom. It's great. And then here's here's James. He's the coolest man on earth. This is the um. The part I'm going to have to censor when we edit. This is the awkward bit. Oh, boy. I can't look, I can't wait to... Look Bobby's just the coolest guy. Bobby's so... I love Bobby. Genuinely, Bobby's I love Bobby. Bobby's cooler than James. Bobby's way cooler than James. Watching that's also really weird in COVID times where, like, you can't even touch your own face. You're going to think twice or like 10 times before doing something like that well, someone, someone i saw a thing on twitter where it's like we actually used to go to bowling alleys and just stick our fingers into bowling balls that thousands of other people have touched before that hadn't been washed and then use those same fingers to go eat food that hadn't been properly prepared yeah yeah you're not a turkey laura you're not a turkey, <laughs> you're not a turkey. I hate James so much. <laughs> he knows just what to say. Hey, man, James is cool. James has always been cool. It is neat that we get to see... Um, the emotional side. Well, not only that, we get to see more of Cheryl Lee in this movie yeah. than we ever did in in the original, and even The Return, for that matter. And she's so great in this role. Yeah. I mean, she's oh, genuinely. The character I mean, got really fleshed out in this movie, What's and you understood a whole lot, a whole lot more. Well, like David Lynch loved her so much that she he wrote a whole new character just so that she could come back for the actual series, right? And she's yeah. like, she's a fantastic actress. Uh, she's a great scream queen. Uh, like, she makes you believe that she's about to be murdered. Oh, her, her screams are. Oh boy. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> Megan, if you're watching, I'm covering my eyes. Uh, hey, I'm a good Muslim boy. I'm looking away. <laughs> uh, I'm an agnostic man, so I'm, I've got my eyes <laughs> wide open. <laughs> there he is. There's Bobby. 
What a line. <laughs> oh. Bobby. Come on, Bobby. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> but, but as I was saying, back to my point, it's gonna, I'm going to continue this until I finish it, which may be the end of the, end of the thing. You, you, get, you get a Jordan Peele to direct it. And you do, you call it Blue Roses, and it's just about these special supernatural cases. And you do the whole movie, or, or the whole a whole little series, and you even make it an anthology, have each season be about a different case that they work. I think it could work really, really well if you distance it from Twin Peaks enough, but still kind of set it in that same supernatural world. I think it could be really neat. Here's a, here's a question for you, though. What are some other, like, you know... Uh, movie releases or show releases that you think take place in the Twin Peaks world? Oh, that's a great question. Before um, you answer, I just want to point out this is the best callback <laughs> scene because uh, Bobby does this uh, the first time he enters high school in the first episode and that's one of the most memorable scenes for me. I, the that that he probably enters like that every time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he inter. That's when he's selling coke. That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> he dances like that to people. Just, I'm gonna, so cool. I'm gonna go with my number one pick. Will be, um, hold on, uh, my brain, <laughs> brain worky, brain no worky, um, brain worms. Um, <laughs> yes, I've got brain worms. <laughs> It's all the coke you're doing, don't you? Yeah, exactly. It's all the coke I'm storing in the bathroom while I listen to Minecraft music. Uh, the The Shining series. So both The Shining and Doctor Sleep, I'm going to say, take place in the Twin Peaks universe. Oh, Doctor Sleep, I would say. Dr. Mine's Sleep. a weird one. I think The Day the Earth Stood Still is a very... I like it. It's you know, a very weird one. Like, I, like, I, like I, I'm going to go one step further. Oh, boy. And I'm I'm not talking about a whole franchise here. I'm talking about one movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scooby Doo Zombie Island. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I would love a David Lynch directed Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> going back to what you said, you said have Jordan Peele directed. Okay, have Sam Raimi directed. Well, or I think or Jordan Peele is. type. I I don't think Sam Sam Raimi could probably pull it off. Actually, now that you say that. That had some of the similar things, like just weird characters, weird progression, weird cuts. That just makes sense because that's his style. Yeah, I think it could work. I, I there's definitely some Lynch influence on Raimi's work. I would have to say. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, Neil Breen's movies will take place in the Lynch. <laughs> absolutely, they do. Are you kidding me? <laughs> nice robot in the family. <laughs> Robot and the Family is just one of the dreams that Cooper had <laughs> before coming to Twin Peaks. <laughs> when, he, when he came in this morning, he was like, I need to talk to you about a dream I had. It was actually just Robot and the Family over and over again. Uh-huh. Which I like that we're talking over these two people and have a very deep, real conversation about what it means to like love and want to be with someone. We should, if you don't want to get traumatized later on, don't feed into what they're talking about because it's going to hit you really hard. Oh yeah, the whole like the angels won't help you. Yeah, you know, evil's one. Uh, the 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 falling in space thing is interesting um, in the context of the the return um, because you have the um, 
the scene where in the White Lodge they send the Laura Palmer egg into space, and so it's like, oh yeah, she would have some experience with that. I just I love that we're watching this thing that more or less is like a drama about you know high school students, and then we commentary over it with the Laura Palmer egg. <laughs> the Laura Palmer egg. The leg. The leg. I am the arm. <laughs> the evolution of the arm. I uh, it's there's the diary, the infamous Laura Palmer diary. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like the little head nod. Just so everybody knows, this is not the best movie to do a commentary of. <laughs> no, it's it's it, here's the thing. Like I say, David Lynch includes a lot of just sort of long stretches when nothing quite happens. Right. Uh, so we kind I, of have to just move on. Commentary on just past the halfway point. The page missing. It's it's kind of the first indication of of Bob being here, which is yeah, like frightening. Things going wrong. Everything so far has been somewhat normal. I mean, in the Laura Palmer stuff, in the you know, Philip Jeffries came in and told us we're not going to talk about Judy, and then now here we are. <laughs> this, um, I, I, I'm very much. <laughs> I love that he. <laughs> I love that he faded out for one shot. Yeah, and then faded out again. It's, it's great. amazing. It's amazing. good to see uh, see this guy back. I really like oh, him. Yeah. Uh, his, his arc was pretty sad. Yeah, it's um, it, yeah, it's it's super interesting, uh, especially him not believing in Bob, just for the for the little bit, because we see when he's in, you know, the original series that um, that he does believe in Bob and believes in that, but in this he doesn't. So it's neat to see him go from thinking it's something in her head to being something real. That's a pretty troublesome, like, realization, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, she's she's been raped since she was twelve. It's ugh. Man, and if you haven't seen the original series, don't watch this because uh, there is something that's spoiled. But they they don't spoil it in the movie until the reveal at the end. They treat it like some, they they could have just really they messed it all up. The, like the get go, right? Exactly, and and the fact that they don't like it, it still puts this little grain in the back of your head of like, well, maybe maybe it's not. And it's it's oh, it's horrible. It's hor it it, it, it gives me chills. Oh, and Cheryl Lee. Oh man, she's, her, she's, her acting is just—it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's she and she shifts oh. emotions so well. Her 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 switch from like troubled to like angry, and to just nervous. Uh huh. Just gets you feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is why, Josh. I said this movie is going to be traumatic because you see a lot of this. Well, you you forget I'm desensitized to a lot of this stuff. Yeah, you say that. But like we said last time, the story behind what is happening, there there was stuff in just the original show, which was a primetime network show that got under my skin. And that was just like talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Like they couldn't show any of that stuff then. Actually seeing it is even worse. And it, it, 
the the context of what's going on just makes it so horrible. And David Lynch's stellar writing just to make you actually feel what's happening. It's mm-hmm. it's like I like I said, it's 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 horrible. I mean, it's great, but it's horrible. It's great and sad at the same time. Extremely sad. Well, the entire series is sad. It's just paired with stuff that makes you laugh. Right. And there's not much of that in here. You have the missing pieces, um, which is basically just... I'm sure there's a fan edit out there of the missing pieces edited into um, this movie. But it's just... It's just... It's horrible. Um, Because there's none of that comedy in this. There's no James singing with... with The, the most feminine voice ever. Right. There's none of that in this, and it's just on its own. I want to taste you through your mouth, which is right. just horrifying. Exactly. <laughs> through the electricity, which is another thing that comes back up in the return that's never explained. Hmm. Oh, back to the chat. Right. I like how serious he is here on his own. When he's not like conversing with real people, he's just super serious. Yeah, because he acts like an FBI agent. Right, exactly. Like what you would expect. Right, but then when he enters Twin Peaks, he's like, I had this lovely, lovely pie on the way to the town. It was wonderful and amazing. What, what kind of trees are those? Right. Blonde. Blonde. Ugh. This is the first we kind of see of of the 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 just him being taken seriously when he says this stuff, um, which comes back up in the original series. You know, he's like, he has all these dreams and, and stuff. It's it's very interesting just to see it kind of as a precursor. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Tibet. <laughs> Tibet. Like, people take him, the, the town takes him seriously there, but you can still tell there's this bit of, like, I don't believe you. Whereas here, it's like, no, we're on board with this. This is our job. We're used to this. Yeah, Norma here, uh, her hair is way shorter than it is in the original series, despite the fact that it takes place like two weeks <laughs> prior. It's the week before, is it? I think it's two weeks. I think. I could be wrong. I could I be like, wrong. I thought it was like the last week of Lord's death. Um, I guess it could. Hold on. Let me try and see. Um, this is the original concept for DoorDash. Right. <laughs> Milton <laughs> Incredible. And then that old woman um, is in the original with David Lynch's grandson. It's one of the people who Laura delivers, you know, groceries to. Yeah, yeah. It's Donna that goes there and finds out right, exactly. about the guy with the diaries. Right. David Lynch's grandson has that creepy mask. Is that David Lynch's grandson? Because I know they switched actors for this in the series. Did they? I didn't realize that. Yeah, they they switched actors for the boy for this in the series. Maybe because his son, his grandson, looked too old. That could be it. I know they definitely uh, did. He's got his hair still. Right. Maybe that that maybe that's why they threw in the mask. Hmm. I like that Shelly and Laura kind of have this sort of, this is the time that they interact and only this time, which is interesting. Um, Cause Shelly was, you know, 
with Bobby, which is just the little underlying stuff that you don't actually see in the in the commentary. Yeah, or not yeah, yeah. in, in the in the movie. Just the shots of the ceiling fan, like she's looking around. All the lights in the house are off because she's there by herself, and she doesn't. The the electricity thing. It's like it, I, all these little details. She's like checking the ceiling fan to make sure that the lights are off, and and just just sneaking around the house so that she can check to see if Bob is there. It's really great stuff. It, it, like David Lynch is both a big picture and small details kind of person, which is kind of rare to find. Uh, like I know we joked about it earlier, but I mean, Christopher Nolan's probably one of the only other people. Yeah. I would say Nolan doesn't do it quite as well as, as Lynch does, but yeah, he's, he's probably in that category. Which is just perfect. Well, it's, it's, it's so interesting to take a concept like Twin Peaks where you didn't know what you were doing week to week and then take that and create the story here. That's going to be overarching throughout the next show that you do. Oh, I, I don't know why, but that's so, that's so gross to see. Like just the close up of the, the tons and stuff. Yeah. Broke my heart. What the scene that's coming up is actually like heartbreaking. Yes. You're Josh. This is, this will get, this is you. where I realize this movies, this movies next. So when it comes to like, Tugging at the strings. Oh, no. Well, Shirley, I... she does such a good job here in this scene that's coming up. It's incredible. She's such an understated actress, especially in these movies. And and um, uh, you can see why David Lynch like loved her so much because she is she is fantastic. Oh my god! Oh. oh, just just you start realizing it and thinking the same thing. She's thinking in this scene, and it just bothers you to a whole new level. Yeah, I would be very curious to see somebody who saw this without seeing the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, see if they can guess. Like, again, spoilers here. See if they can guess like who, why she's crying and stuff. Right. Well, yeah. or, or somebody who maybe just saw season one and then skipped season two and went straight into this movie. Like that would be yeah. such a reveal, and 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 her delivery of this is just so perfect. Yeah. Do you remember who? Do you know who was in the uh, the original Twin Peaks that you might not know? Who? Ted Raimi. Oh no, I remember. I just saw it. I sent a picture of it to you guys. Did it you? was yeah, yeah. I sent a picture. It was just it was that scene where he got like yeah, he's like a background actor and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, he got like duct taped and then killed with a crossbow. Yes, yes, that was him. Yeah. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that initially because there's the scene of him like asking for a beer because uh, I'm forgetting what the context of the scene was. Yeah, but then he, they show him. Uh, it's, when, it's when Cooper's partner is like killing people just for fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I I love uh, Ray Wise, the uh, and <clears throat> Palmer. Yeah, he does, he does such a good job of being like. He, Dude, like, you, you don't he, know what to expect. Just watch this next scene's gonna like it's the best acted scene from him, I think. But that's it's the thing, generally he has, like, he has this like great point between um acting like he knows what's going on while also being able to play oblivious to it. Like he 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 looks like a dad while also looking like yeah. You know, yeah, like, in, in this movie, there are moments where 
he kind of goes back and forth, just like in the show where he kind of sort of realizes what's happening, but then he doesn't, and he just has his sad moments. Like, this movie kind of shows, it basically sets up why he's always the crying and dancing in the first season of Twin Peaks. It's just so, like, I know nothing's happened, and I know I'm expecting to, but, like, it's just so unnerving. Well, and, and the way he... The, the the hands thing here always gets me too, yeah. where he's just like, like feeling of her fingernail and stuff, like yeah, and and, the, and the, the shocked look on Laura Palmer's face, just the actress selling it. Well, and you, it, she absolutely sells like how hard he is squeezing her finger too. Yeah, which is, but you can tell and she how doesn't. How uncomfortable she feels. Ooh. And you can, oh yeah, yeah. Oh. like, the, like the, there's like an excitement in his eyes when he says that. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, Ray, Ray Wise. Everyone in this series just gives it their all when it comes to acting, and even more so in in the movie. It's yeah. And you, there's just oh, the shock, the, the shock, the, the and the tears uh, in her eyes. It's. Mm. This is where like stuff like this is where the movie is so disturbing. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just so these, it's so surreal too. Just like it's just everybody's delivery of all this stuff in, in most horror movies would be over the top or or undersold. It's so yeah. real. Like, it's really, like it's like you watch this, you watch this thinking about like the Conjuring or something. It's like when they do that, they'll they'll play it really hard. Like he'll yank her arm across the room. Yeah, yeah and then there'll be like emotional music just blurring. But the music in this is so subtle. Yes. It just adds to the scene perfectly. And like she would have been screaming and and, and all this kind of stuff, but you just see the tears just rolling down as she's in yeah. complete shock. Yeah. She's speechless. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, it's it, it, it hits so, so bad for the character. Genuinely, yeah. It, it's as we know it's like a made up character, but you can't help but feel like nervous, scared, or bad for the character, and especially where it was his face and how menacing he can be. Well, and it's so yeah, Willem Dafoe thing where his face is so pronounced in a weird I, way. I, I saw I saw a headline where he's like, "Oh yeah, I see my face in movies sometimes," and I just think, "Wow, I'm ugly," <laughs> <laughs> which is just amazing. <laughs> this is, I would argue that this movie is maybe the most suspenseful movie. I've seen well, in a long time. I'm watching yeah. it, and it's just every scene. It's like until now, every scene up to Blue Apartment's fine, and then as soon as she appeared, I think because you know where it all heads. Yeah, it's well, like everything with her is just so like, yeah. is this going to be the moment? And, and he, now this scene is where you feel so bad for her eyes because you see the realization in his eyes. Well, yeah, you can tell Leland. You can tell. He either doesn't really, know what's going on, or you don't know what's what's happening, and just seeing that facial shift is—it's so good. And it's a scene that wasn't necessary, and most movies would just drop. But it's yeah. so great. I, I also I know this is a long, uh, long done thing, but the uh, the grandson of that woman—he's played by David Lynch's son, grandson in Twin Peaks, and then it's a completely different child in this, which is probably why he has the mask covered. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, and you can tell, looking at his son, looking at his grandson, he looks just like him. Incredible. Oh, God, the horror in her eyes. Yeah, and you, you can tell she doesn't know what to make of it yet. And the mm. hope 
that you can see like in her face as she realizes, okay, this is actually my dad. Yeah. It's great. You see like that little smile on her face there. It's like, okay, things are okay right now. And And she's just in the background, just, the music is so well done in Twin Peaks, man. She's she's so desperate for just like this moment of peace, and she she just got one, and it's oh, it's incredible. I love this movie. It, again, I, I love Shirley. She's a fantastic actress, just absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's, it's stellar and underrated. I mean, I I don't know that she's been in anything but Twin Peaks, but she's she's so good in this. Mm-hmm. There it is. And crying, it's like the subtle crying. Yeah. yeah the angels are all gone. Uh, they've all left us now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, so, well, yeah. I, I, I'd probably think that too if I was. <laughs> <laughs> if my dad was an actual demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also like that too. How, like, the, the door to the paintings kind of getting. Just slightly yes. more open. Or it's slightly more It's also very interesting because it's 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 almost representative of her door to escape. Mm, um, yeah. like, it's like the windows getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. And it's it's so fascinating because it's it's almost like the implication is if there was just someone to help her, if there was just anyone to help Laura Palmer. Then she well, yeah, would be it's okay. Like, it's like that Bobby line from the funeral, right? Exactly. If you actually paid attention, tried to do something, then none of this would have happened. You would have realized that her dad's literally the devil, <laughs> right? Not the devil. That would be Judy. I, I always consider Judy Mother Earth. Mother we're Earth. Not Interesting. Talk about Judy. Right. We're not. We're not gonna talk about Judy. <laughs> Um, that, I feel like that actress is a uh, she's she's in in the mouth of madness. I think maybe you could be right. I'm not sure. Uh, I know. I, it's such a it's a niche. Right? She's also Happy Gilmore's grandma. <laughs> you could also be right there. Look, it's David Lynch. <laughs> right, David Lynch built a time machine. Yeah, that's definitely not David Lynch's. No, on. it doesn't look as much like David Lynch. <laughs> No, the the one in the series is literally a spitting image. Yeah. Oh, here we go. This is this is the stuff I signed up for. It's also great because the Black Lodge in this looks the set looks so much better. Yeah, they have more money, I assume. Right. And they expanded. It looks even better in the return. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they actually had more money. Right. I would say probably about even even amounts of money. It's just better cameras. Right, well, that too. I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's a shame you didn't come back for the return. Very much so. Although I'm a big fan of the evolution of the arm. This makes the return make so much more sense. Yes. Because you don't learn (laughs) anything. it's yeah well i would say that the original series is not even necessary watching to watch the return but this movie is yeah i mean the original series is great and you should definitely watch it before you watch the return because it will make the return make more sense 
But this is absolutely like necessary watching. Oh, pay attention to this scene. Yeah. Mm. I, I like I like that sort of thing of just how it uh, Cooper knew about this, which you know it's nice setup for the series. There's another interesting setup that's coming. I don't know that it's even. I don't even know that it's supposed to be. The implication is that he knew. I think it's more that's him from the future talking to Laura, but especially with the Annie stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh, fascinating. The scene in a prequel movie where, like, the events of season one haven't even taken place. And this has happened. That's what I was saying. I, it almost feels more like that's that's Cooper from the future talking to Laura, not Cooper talking to her bef- prior to the prior to the start of the series. That's like that's Cooper in the lodge already. Also, that must be terrifying. Like that, again, this is such a great thing that's sold by Laura. Also, I love how when she closes her fist, like the music stops. Yes, better little Bedlamenti knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, but like I, I love, I like the, that's it. I like that implication that like that's Cooper while he's stuck in the lodge. Right. Yeah. He he had twenty five years to <laughs> to think about it, so I guess I, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. For the most part, he just sent it sitting down with the arm in the lurch. <laughs> Could you imagine the conversations they had? <laughs> the, the arm just kept going. And then that, eventually that, he evolved into a tree. I wonder if that happened. That bothers me uh, is that the season has like a twenty-five, like an actual twenty-five year gap between season three and season two, and people then, after the cliffhanger ending of season two, people didn't have any answers, and this movie gave a little bit of the answer but created more questions. Well, that that a lot of people when it came out, a lot of people weren't particularly fans of it because I, I think a lot of people thought it was going to answer the questions they had about Twin Peaks well I think it's a big part that and another big part is this movie very much played to one half of Twin Peaks audience because not everybody who liked Twin Peaks liked it for the right they liked it for the for the characters and, and just like the small town like atmosphere that was created in the in the crime drama a lot of people like Twin Peaks for that reason and so I, this movie very much plays to the audience that likes the David Lynch stuff. There he is, Leo Johnson. The worst man in the world. The worst man in the entire world. Literally just hell. <laughs> Issues. Mm. I've, I, it's been so long since season one that you kind of forget that Leo was like literally the worst partner. That's why I like this because you get a little sympathetic towards Leo towards the end of season two, but then this comes and you're like, Oh, right. He was the worst person. An evil, evil man. It's just the worst guy. It's, um, (laughs) football's empty. I'm looking for Santa Claus. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. And um, I wish they had gone back maybe a little further and shown – I know there's no time in this movie for that. There's my man Jock. Uh, but just shown Leo and Shelly how they were before they got married versus after. I think it would have been neat to explore. 
Yeah, I, I I can see where you're coming from there. Like, see what made her stay with him in the first place. Right. What made what made her marry him? Because she does talk about it a little bit in the show how he wasn't he didn't act this way before they were married. Um. I love Jacques. I don't actually. I hate this man. But every time I, I see him, including in the return, it's just this same short way. It just zooms in until he's done and then he leaves. Yeah, I like that the actor came back for the return, and I like that it's not. It was very confusing for a moment, which is why they right. gave us five minutes of a man sweeping to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe they actually shot the full five minutes until the man <laughs> and made a pile. That's David Lynch for you. Well, David, I'm pretty sure David Lynch just hosted a concert and was like, yeah, we can use this. Yeah. Well, those were some of his music buddies because that's the kind but, of music that he makes. Like, Nine Inch Nails were played at the end of episode seven, I think, and I I love Nine Inch Nails to death. And I was like, they like seeing them turn up in a, in Twin Peaks of all things. I was like, yeah, this is this is awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, David Lynch is kind of I wouldn't say responsible for that style of music, but he, he, was, he was only like a front runner. Front yeah. runner but he, he led the way. Yeah, he. I mean, he kind of he he kind of paved the path for that that kind of style of music. And so a lot of these people grew up with him as their inspiration. And so to be in, in the return was just really neat. I would say. Was James their inspiration as well? Yes. James yeah. is, have you gotten to the part in the return where James does his song? No, I, there's, there has been only one scene with James where he's in the bar and they say James is cool. James has always been, cool. been cool. Well, James yeah. performs his song at the roadhouse. <laughs> Oh no! Does he have the same voice? Yes. <laughs> oh my God! I it's am great. excited. It's great. Because when it happened in the first season of Twin Peaks, I was confused as to whether Laura's cousin was singing it, Donna was singing it, but it was James. It was James. It was James. It was the Chad, the absolute Chad. He's always cool. You didn't know that James played all three of the Chipmunks in Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood that line either. If I had a nickel for every cigarette your mom smoked, I'd be dead. <laughs> Did the nickels kill you? I think it's maybe it's the secondhand smoke. Maybe, but I don't. I also like that she says that while Donna's smoke, while Laura's smoking. Well, it, it's also kind of a neat setup for for the show too, I guess, because um, she does yeah. start smoking in the show, and they, James makes a big deal about it because yeah. he's so cool. He's so cool. He's avidly against smoking. I love the roadhouse sign. Um, yeah. Little details you can't talk about in just like the normal podcast, but just the sign of the roadhouse where it's just like bang, bang. bang That's the bang, bang. 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 Right. Oh, there's the roadhouse. Yes, I forgot about that. There she is. <laughs> the, log lady. the log lady. It wouldn't be Twin Peaks without the log lady. This is the inspiration for playing two by four in Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Right. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not at all be surprised. <laughs> but like that sounds very uh it sounds very plausible. In fact, I'm just Jamie look I, I hope it is. I hope it is. Please look Jamie, it up. The log, Jamie's just gonna look up. The log lady is the thing from Twin Peaks. Like like I'll use the comparison of the Daleks from Doctor Who where people know what they are despite the fact that they haven't seen the show. The log lady is that for Twin Peaks. That and the the red curtains in the in the the Black Lodge. Those are the two things that from this series, even people who haven't seen it know about. You know about the Log Lady and you know about the Red Room. 
so no, no, I don't think there's any official confirmation, but someone said, I believe that the log lady is the mother of Johnny and Plank. From <laughs> <laughs> so that just adds Ed, Ed, and Eddie to our list. I would also add um, Courage the Cowardly yes. Dog takes place in the, the Twin Peaks universe. Yes, yes, most definitely. Um, just out of curiosity, Josh, while you're while Jamie's pulling things up, is the woman who sings this song um, the same? Is is it the woman from the Radiator from Eraserhead? That is very because it question. looks like her. The face looks like her. Do we know what her name is? No. I love this. I, 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 I can see. I can see like the the facial similarity. The, it's the eyes. Yeah, it's, she's got very big eyes. Uh, let me. I tell you what I've got. Give give Jamie a two a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> give, give Jamie a two few. Right. This is the we're coming up on the pink room, which I, ugh, I'm not looking forward yeah. to editing. But it, yeah, th- that's one of the reasons I find this movie also disturbing is because they recast Donna and they got someone who looks younger, and the scenes aren't. That's Very the thing. PG. That's the genuine thing that you have to keep in mind throughout this show yeah. or, or throughout yeah. this movie is that Laura Palmer is in high school. Like, because she looks older. Cheryl Lee looks older here, yeah. but she is. She's she's a girl. Like she's she's in high school, and so yeah. if you don't keep that in mind, you lose a lot of perspective on the movie. Exactly. Uh, it, it makes everything a bit more shocking. Like the fact that there's this, you know, it's high school girl. I think they're 15, 16. That's why I do think recasting Donna was a bit of a benefit. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't make it any easier to watch. Well, no, absolutely. I don't think that was ever David Lynch's also, intention. Also, David, Lynch, David Lynch does not care about how easy yeah. something is for you to watch. He does yeah, say. Eraserhead is a good example. He does. He does care if you watch it on an on an iPhone. He's very <laughs> adamantly against you watching his movies on an iPhone. Nice. You'll Man, never. That scene was so well done with the music and her just crying. Okay, so don't she? She isn't the uh, she isn't the radi- woman in the radiator. However, she is in the original Twin Peaks. She's in the Return, and she did some music yeah. department stuff for Psych. Yeah, she she's in the she the the singer from this scene is in season two, uh, when uh, Coop has that big revelation and the giant shows up on stage. It's her singing at that point. Interesting. It is, it is, it is isn't it? I'm forgot. Yeah, it's her. It's her. Interesting. Yeah, I know because when I watched season two, I really liked how eerie her voice and song was, and they brought it back for uh, Fire Walk with Me, and it, that made me happy. Out of curiosity, is she in the uh, the Twin Peaks episode of Psych? No, she wasn't in the episode. She was just she was, mu- she was in the music department. Got it. But there's a chance. I wouldn't be surprised if she helped with the music for the episode. Interesting. Uh, okay. Also, yes, there's a Twin Peaks episode of Psych. Ray Rice is in it. He plays like someone who knew uh, Sean from when he was younger, and they make a joke about how his hair turned white while I haven't seen him in like. 30 years right wow i need to watch that episode and then it ends with them in the uh the r&r and it's just everyone like it's parodies of everyone from the show and they're all just doing the weird dance nice i also she doesn't sell it quite as well as cheryl lee sells her scenes but donna she just uh, the realization on her face of what's going on and the tears rolling down when she sees what's going on with laura 
It's like this yeah, is my childhood that, friend who's yeah, now a hooker. Right. Also, it's 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 an awful thing, but like seeing and again, it's I think that's it's what you say. It's like the corruption of uh, Twin Peaks through Bob. Right. It's like it starts with you know Donna, who's now started drinking alcohol to yeah. prove that it's. But I like that Laura's still trying to stand up for her and be like, no, she's not part of the deal or anything. Well, Laura can't stand up for herself, despite right. she can stand up for everyone else. Man, that dude has such a thick tongue. It stresses me out every time. He looks like uh, Hugh Jackman. He does look like Hugh Jackman. He looks like Hugh Jackman's uh, doppelganger from The Prestige with the prosthetic nose. Yes, yes, yes. And the the like goofy teeth. Uh huh. <laughs> Ugh. There is a scene where Laura Palmer stands up for. Donna and yeah, no, it's it's you can tell that that she doesn't want Donna to fall into up. this the, fall yeah. into the same trap that she fell into. Yeah, but Donna's such a good friend that she just does anyway. We can uh, we can admit that these guys are scumbags, right? Oh, the music here. I forgot about the music. The pink room, the thing about it is the music is so loud that you just can't hear the dialogue. It's such That's great cool. yeah. sound mixing. That's um, the most dangerous thing I've ever heard. And it's super. It's intentional. It's not like Tenet where uh, you yeah, don't know what's happening. Um, yeah, they put subtitles on it because it's so... It's it's so... In, ugh, gets under your skin. I, I, I had to look away from the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta keep up with my Muslim beliefs, man. <laughs> Haram. Haram. It's all Haram, man. It's not kosher at all. All of this is not kosher. I love how it's like, like you said, the sound mentioned is so good. It's like just loud enough that you can tell they're saying stuff. Yeah. And, like, and yeah. also the blurring music adds to the uncomfortableness of the yes. scene. Yeah, yeah. I think it after a while it just like, starts hurting. Oh, God. It, it kind of helps to like the detachment of it too. Like I, yeah. you feel like you're detached from everything else. Just like Laura feels like she's detached. Yeah, right. You're, you, it's almost like you're high with Laura, who's stoned on cocaine. It's like you can't focus on what's actually happening. Yeah, everything's just a blur. Right. The strobes also just like uh, David Lynch uses strobes so well in uh, both this and the return. Mm hmm. Sure. Um, it is good. <laughs> as blank as a fart. Me, <laughs> me too, Shock. Me too, man. I'm always blank as a fart. Well, Why does that look like a bunch of shaggy? <laughs> I love how sleazy it is. It's yeah. it's interesting to see Laura go back and forth from wanting to protect Donna and like egging her on. Like it's it's just it's so interesting to see. There's the roofie. God, there's so many in there. <laughs> 
I can tell you from experience, you only want one. <laughs> oh, oh my God. For legal reasons, I've never moved to anyone. I don't even go to bars. I don't even drink. <laughs> Yeah, Josh is just as halal as me. We've never had alcohol. Josh has just on, been girls roofied. Girls don't touch me, so I can't buy them alcohol. It's fine. <laughs> nor roofie them. <laughs> nor roofie them. Nor can I afford alcohol. You just roofied yourself to see what it felt like. Uh, forget me now. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Dum. Dum, 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 dum. This, this entire dum, just scene just gets under my skin. Yeah, yeah it it's is, really hard it's to watch. It's so, like, grimy. This is part of the reason I knew that this would be a horrible commentary. Yeah. you'd have to, the, us three men sitting here watching this movie. Yeah, it's not... Yeah. And it doesn't get any better. So this is bad, it gets worse. So, yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. looking forward to it. I, I can't, like, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll uh, I'll see you guys in a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I, I, something just came up. I, I I'll be back in. When does the scene end? Uh, yeah, it it ends. I'm just gonna look at some religious texts on my phone just to yeah, keep. Close to, I'll be back get... in uh, 55 minutes and 22 seconds when the movie's <laughs> over. <laughs> what? It's only been an hour. But yeah, it has. Jeez. It's a great, it's a, a very well paced movie, which pacing is yeah. something that I'm super sensitive to in movies, yeah. um, just because my attention span is so short. <laughs> For all of the long dragging scenes that happen in this movie, it is super well paced. I need you guys to talk here. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, I, I'm, I'm reading some religious texts. Right <laughs> no, that now. makes sense. I have to stay close to God. Right. I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at photos of puppies currently. Uh, <laughs> and not these kind of puppies. And that's her. There she is, run at Pulaski. Oh. Yep. It's nice to see her show up. Yeah. Where she's not, not good, drug yeah, yeah. Uh, It's not good for her. Like It's not good to see her show up in a scene like this. Because I'm not looking at the scene, I'm looking away because I'm a good boy. I'm really loving the music though. Like, no, I know it's great. It's so like th- I'm a huge fan of this kind of music. I've, I really like like Arctic. It reminds me a lot of Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, and the very bassy acoustic, and it fits the scene really well too. It's very sleazy. Uh, yeah, like, very, very much so. Mm, uh, uh, every guy yeah. in here just gives me the creeps. Guys are assholes. Men are assholes. Like, yeah, especially when yeah. these are like again, these are like grown men preying on sixteen-year-olds. Yeah, like that's something that I think is kind of hard to forget. It's hard to forget because it still happens. Well, yeah, it right. still happens. And also, you're looking at like you're looking at Laura Palmer, who uh, you know, being played by something like twenty-three or twenty-five-year-old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like she, you know, subconsciously she's over eighteen. Yeah, and she's also naked, so you know she's over eighteen. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, but then you cut back to the the actress who plays Donna, who I'm pretty sure is eighteen at the time, but it's still like she looks younger. Yeah, and it's like it's like a it's like a flashback to oh these are these are kids. Right. Exactly. Yeah, because in the scene that comes up, you see Laura Palmer like horrified and. We just we'll just feel we'll feel just as horrified of what happened. 
Mm, yeah. And, and it didn't help that they got an actress that looks way younger than yeah. Oriental Donna. I would assume that was intentional. I, Lynch yeah, I mean, had for, to... for artistic reasons, it makes sense. Just, it's very hard to see. And I can't emphasize that enough. Right. It's also just, yeah, it's very hard to watch through. Very much so. You're like, you're like you're watching someone's life actively go downhill. It's also much worse to sit and watch with two two men. Um, yeah. I will note that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm just going like, to Google, like, they should make some down bad memes with Laura Palmer. Right. <laughs> there's, certain, there's certain movies where it's kind of hard to do a commentary over parts of them. Yes. Uh, scenes like this, for instance. Uh, or scenes like, you know the one in uh, The Room. Right. Uh, uh, like, like, yeah, the movies are really good to watch and talk about. Yeah. Oh, like that scream. Yeah. This is where it happens, where she's like, okay, no. She's horrified at what's happening. It, it hits her. So are we. It hits her what's going on. That, and it's like... It's almost like it... It, it like snaps her out of it back to reality. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's... And the, uh, the the no vocals in this just yes. makes it even better. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're not really sure what she's saying. Um, and also, also, just like I don't know why, but it's more realistic. Yes, absolutely. Like again, you think about a movie like uh, uh, Spring Break, even or The Conjuring, stuff that's about you know this sort of horrifying thing, and they just they hit you with this really dramatic music, and it's all very it's it's too cinematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, say. it's very realized. Yeah, yeah for, like, for something that's so surreal, it's also so yeah, real. Yeah. In a place like you'd imagine, in a place where something this illegal is happening, they're gonna play music that's just constantly blurring, and it's like the same beat over and over again, so they don't have to pay attention to the music. That just covers everything that's happening inside. Right. Ugh. So that was no, the pink room. Thank God that is over. Yes. And Donna doesn't remember any of it, which is um, equally as horrible. Whenever Bob kind of takes over people, it's kind of a theme where they don't remember. We see that with Leland; he doesn't really remember what has happened, and so her not remembering that is 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 an interesting nod towards that. I I like how Laura always looks like she's just about to crack. Yeah. Like she like always, she always looks edge. like she's on the edge of just going mad and killing everybody. Yeah. Mm. But then, yeah, she does this, like, again, chill, like, fantastic actress. She does this thing of being able to pull it back to being like, no, I, I do care about you. I just also... She's know. so perfect in in this role. You I could mean, never cast anyone else as Laura Palmer. No, you couldn't. I, yeah. If they... I would even go as far as to say you could recast Special Agent Dale Cooper. And we've, we'll talk about it. Why not? I, been... I don't think so. I'm new to Dale Cooper, and I love him very much. Well, hear me out. Hear me out, Itzam. Me and Josh have already talked about this. Matt okay. Smith as Special Agent Dale Cooper. Okay, yes, 100%. Okay, I'm right. Down. See, you had could... to say the right actor's name. I love Matt Smith. That's what I'm saying. And I'll so, anything. Like, you could do that, but it, Cheryl Lee as, uh, as Laura Palmer is 
you just can't you can't do that. Yeah, you cannot. You cannot. She's oh this scene. I forgot about this scene. Um, yeah, it's just more. That's why I'm so glad that this movie got made. It was supposed to be part of a trilogy, which I would assume the first one would be a prequel, and then you had Twin Peaks, and then maybe two other movies. Uh, but David yeah. Lynch has said well, I, I, I can actually I can tell you about that part so yeah this was going to be a prequel then the next film is going to be like a proper sequel and resolve the cliffhanger and you know focus on uh, the Black Lodge and doppelgangers uh, there's actually a plot to it and it was like I, it was Garland was going to go into the Black Lodge to get Cooper to look for him and then more doppelgangers would have showed up in the town uh, Jeffries was going to have opened a second portal that was like somewhere in Argentina uh, we would have found out who Judy was. And, uh, uh, like, when they mentioned Judy in this movie, they he, he, they didn't think it was going to be, you know, the w- weird person who vomits up all of the evil. <laughs> right. The uh, it's actually just Josie's sister. Oh, got it. Uh, but, yeah, that was going to be the second movie, and then no one knows what the third movie was going to be, except maybe David Lynch, although I'm convinced that he probably didn't know either. I think a lot of those ideas got carried over into The Return. Yeah. There's our there's our boy, the one armed man. This scene is also just so um, suspenseful and intense. <laughs> yes. Hey man, I, I'd be just as angry if someone stole my corn. Right. <laughs> well, that, again, that uh, it plays down to all the actors. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the, the one armed man here is so good at being this angry you feel like he's about to kill them both uh leland looks so stressed yeah and it's it's the one character i think that had the best consistency from season one to firewalk with me and the return he looks the same yeah he never changed and there's so much going on at once there's just so much it's like a a Sadie brothers movie. Like there's, it's just, everything is happening at once and people are talking and screaming over each other. And it's the engine revving and all. Yeah. It's, it's hard to focus on one particular thing and it's just uneasy feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Uneasy is the best word. That's the best word to describe this movie is uneasy. Yeah. Again, Ray Wise, such a great actor, just absolutely dead stare. You know why is this a chat? I I'd say like he was he looks like a great Norman Osborn, probably just because he looks like Willem Dafoe in a way. I'd argue he's a little old for that at the moment, but yeah, yeah. Hey, just CGI him, right? <laughs> I also like how again everyone in Twin Peaks is just a horrible, horrible person. Yeah, it's horrible. Ray Weiss was also in How I Met Your Mother, by the way. Was he? He was. I need to watch How I Met Your Mother again because I used to watch it weekly on TV and I was a kid back then. I can't remember who he plays. Oh, she, he plays uh, Robin Shabatsky's dad. Oh, no. Oh. Ugh. It's... Jeez, it's again. Some parts of this are so hard to do a commentary over. Yeah, man, cause it's because it's, well, also you get sucked in too, and you actually yeah, want to watch the again, movie. For, for a second, then I was just because like I was so f- focused on that. 
but yeah, it's just it. This movie's depressing so far. Uh, it's it doesn't get better. Anxiety driving. <laughs> That's the biggest thing for me. Is this movie is just so suspenseful and anxiety inducing. It's 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 genuinely hard to watch. And it's great. That should be stated. It's a great movie. Oh yeah, it, it's yeah, it's phenomenal. Also, that scene of just like like actual uh, Leland finding out that his daughter's you know prostituting herself out. Mm-hmm. Just well, we're never really sure when Bob and Leland kind of take take over. Um, yeah, and yeah. so it's it sort of implied that it happened when he was a kid. So it's like he's always had that influence pushing against him. Mm. Well, I, I imagine that he went through something similar to what Laura Palmer's going through. Exactly. He, he, he just goes to be like, yeah, fine, take my body. Don't take my life. Right, but exactly. Laura the alternative. Exactly. It, and it's like, it, is this better than death, really? Right, exactly. Which Not, is a great I would argue no. <laughs> yeah, I think most people would say, no, this is... Just awful. Uh, it's depressing and disgusting. <laughs> there is you a release this today. I don't think. Probably not. I would argue no. Not not <laughs> Matt. You could maybe do like a. Um, you could do a Twin Peaks inspired thing, sure, but you couldn't release this. You could do something along the lines of. Uh, you could release this independently. Um. It, 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 that's the only way you could get this released, and and I mean. That's what David Lynch had to do. But, you know, you, you couldn't make this based off of a primetime TV show. You just couldn't. No, no, no. One of the things, one of the things I find interesting about it is it's not like a cult movie where um, people hated it when it came out, but now people have come to appreciate and love it. No, people still hate this movie. There, The majority of people still don't like Fire Walk With Me. It's not like it's... It's super... It's not like a cult movie or something where everyone loves it now, but they hate it when it came out. Right, exactly. I mean, people still don't like this movie. I really like it because I think it's... Um, because I, I think the point of it seems to, to be what it's accomplishing, which is always a good sign in a movie. Um, and doesn't always happen. But it, it, as a fan of Twin Peaks, I can see why people who like Twin Peaks wouldn't like this movie. Even as a fan of yeah. The Return, I could see why people who like Twin Peaks would, or people who like The Return wouldn't like this movie. I mean, it's just so different. It, yeah. Well, I don't like this movie. I mean, I do, but I also don't. Well, like you said about uh, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks has always been sort of the, the love child of Mark Frost and David Lynch. And right, when you exactly. take Mark Frost, this is what you get. And it's a lot more <laughs> horrifying. Well, because uh, it, but David, not all of David Lynch's stuff is horror and, and frightening and that kind of thing. A lot of David Lynch's stuff is is fairly tame, but it's – this movie, he knew what story he wanted to tell. He knew he wanted um, – he knew he wanted Laura to, 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 to show what Laura went through to make the, the events of the series more impactful, and it definitely does that. It, it, it casts a shadow over the entire series when you know that this is what happened. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes everything a bit more just horrifying again. It, it it was one of my complaints with season one was so they showed Laura Palmer dying in the beginning, and then her then her cousin comes in. 
and those events are sort of recreated with her as well. But I wanted to have Laura's character be more fleshed out. And this movie did that. Right, exactly. That's It's always nice to see more of Cheryl Lee. So this is him, that was him murdering Teresa, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This movie is a little easier to follow, I would argue, yeah, than yeah. Than, the, I, than you would expect. Well, it, it, it we we talked it's about focused. how David Lynch. Yeah, we, we we say how David Lynch doesn't really tell you anything. Yeah. Uh, and well, it's like in the series they would have shown that scene just completely out of the blue with zero context, like nothing. Right. Exactly. And then not mention it again ever. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have set up that Teresa's already dead, and that was Teresa. They would have just shown you that. And left it. It was right. like, you kind of have to make that up to yourself. <laughs> I love the idea of Bobby with a cigarette behind his ear just walking down the hallways of his school. I knew kids like that. My school was awful. They, um, I was a kid like that. Uh, bad item. Uh, they don't allow that over here. No, they did in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> well, like my, my school, uh, when we went to prom, we took coaches to this place. And our teachers, when we arrived, they were like... If you need to go outside to have a cigarette or you want to smoke some weed, go around the back. There'll be a teacher there. If you want to do some cocaine in the bathroom while Minecraft music plays. Oh, Tenet. Look at the reverse smoke. That's yeah. Tenet. Oh, here it is. Here's the scene. It's not, oh, the, yeah. it's not the scene with the delivery, but it's, it's the scene. It's the scene. <laughs> it's the scene. The scene. Yeah. There's a really interesting thing that I won't spoil for either of you because you haven't seen this part of The Return. But Josh, I've already told you about it. That is essentially just some scenes recut from this movie. And oh, so that's that scene. It's not that scene. Not yet. Not yet. But we're, we'll get there soonish. Um, but it's great uh, how they handle that in The Return. I, I like how I like that shot where it's just pitch black and occasionally the light shines. Yeah. And you could just see. Even though the light's not moving. <laughs> yeah, even though that's not them moving the light. <laughs> right. They're double dipping. Double dipping. Cocaine and liquor. Um, and cigarettes. Right. 16 year olds, man. Right. How old are they supposed to be in this? Because I, I would argue they're probably 18. I, uh, what's supposed to be? Well, she was the... The, the prom, prom queen. queen, so that would be senior senior year of high school, so probably eighteen. Uh, she was seventeen. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, that works out. It adds up. Yeah. I buy it. I like I like the music too. Again, we we speak a lot about the music, and Angelo Badalamenti is he always works. I think on David Lynch's stuff. If not, I think so. Frequent frequent collaborator. It's sort of like uh, Dan Elfman and and. Tim Burton, how they just oh, do, yeah. yeah, they just work for each or, other. Or Christopher Nolan and uh, Hans Zimmer, like right. it's just kind of you go hand in hand almost. Steven Spielberg and John Williams, I mean, there are all kinds of examples just, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I like that this guy looks just like the sheriff from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been trying to think about. It. I thought it was Big Ed for a second. <laughs> no, I don't oh, know that Big I'm Ed very... appears in this movie. I can't remember actually. It, it, probably not. Uh, but I'd love it. I love I love Big Ed. Yeah, I think it, 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 it is it the same actor. No, it's not the same actor. He just Look. has the same '90s mustache. Yeah, 
Everyone had that mustache in the 90s, and it's terrible. <laughs> I want it to come back. I want all of the 90s stuff to come back. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Bobby killed a guy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what... Ugh, ugh, that's what Ooh. I was saying. Mm. That that that's mm. that just reminds me of Jeez. me and Josh playing Call of Duty. Man, <laughs> and it's such a realistic effect too. It's way too realistic. It's way too real. Also, uh, we say props to Cheryl for bringing uh, Laura Palmer to, uh, to life, uh-huh. and subsequently to death. <laughs> uh, Dana Ashbrook, the guy who plays Bobby, he's phenomenal too. Yes, he, oh, he's great. He, he's just as good as going from that sort of like, you know, I hate the world, man. I don't need any of you to breaking down in tears. Right, uh, and asking for help. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is one of the things why it it makes his oh, oh. it makes his um Jesus. His sort that's, of, that's yeah, genuinely horrifying. It makes his redemption in the uh, in the return. Oh, that's yeah. terrifying too. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like you, you accidentally, I say accidentally, you kill someone and then your girlfriend just starts laughing with yeah, you? Yeah, it'd be... Ugh. I'd, I'd prefer that. Just so it makes things easier. <laughs> Yikes. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that too, how there's like parts where Bob takes over law, like influences her personality at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't Mike. Wait, is this Mike? Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the bunny scene from The Return. <laughs> it's not <laughs> about the bunny. <laughs> Lord, Cheryl Lee, again, in this scene, just great delivery. She could have went whatever direction she wanted with this. But, yeah, I like how it's, it's just, like, disassociated. Like, yeah. Oh, you killed Mike. She's completely desensitized to what's going on because of the the evil that lives inside of her like she finds it funny she needs a go yeah. uh, bobby needs a golden shovel bobby does need a golden shovel <laughs> <laughs> this is another one of those things that's just hard to talk, talk over and talk about cuz it's like what do you do in that right. situation yeah i mean what what would you do well, first off, like I know you wouldn't kill the guy. But... Well, but I mean, he did pull a gun on him. Yeah, he put in three shots, like one yeah. in the rib, one in the back, and then headshot. Is the headshot's the worst part. Like the, yeah. the brain squeezing out of the yeah, the pop effect, and then here he the... is, the coolest uh, man in the world. You can see his hairline going back. This is the scene where it's really bad, where his hair is just so it's his so forehead is just cool. so big, man. <laughs> You see his hair thinning at this point. Mm. Yikes. We love you, James. No, we don't. You're so cool. He's the coolest man. Bobby's cooler than James. He's always been cool. He's so cool. Look at him. He's always been cool. (laughs) Do you think David Lynch threw that line in there just to to spite people who don't like James? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he knows? He has I, I, to I know. Think it's like, I, I think it's like he knows and he's just doing that for fun. Yeah, he had to have. How do you not know? 
What a loser. I hate James. <laughs> Every line that comes out of his mouth, I'm just like, James. James is a simp. Absolutely he is. Original simp. I don't know that I'd say the original. He's just one in a long, long line. Who would you say is the original simp? Oh, I mean, Jesus. Mm, you'd have to go <laughs> back. Jesus was a shad. Who who are the two the two people who fought over Cleopatra? Oh, uh, Mark Mark Antony. Yeah, there you go. Fought that that huge war over. Oh, uh, oh no, you're thinking of Troy, aren't you? Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, no, that wasn't Cleopatra. That was someone else. Uh, yeah. It was Eric Brenner and Brad Pitt. <laughs> right, exactly. Brad, Brad Pitt's the original simp. I mean, I've never seen the working in. Cocaine's going in such high detail. Right. It's so great looking. Glass of milk. Oh, I forgot about this scene. Ray Weiss with his glass of milk. Glass of milk. Some people think that the um, the Bob stuff is, is symbolism for for the drug use, which is could be the case. It, 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 I, w- I was just taking it as like the evil inside people. Yeah, that that that's how I take it. But I could see the argument that it it is the drug use that um that 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 is is the symbolism there. But like I said, I I see it definitely as 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 evil and how evil affects other people. And on top of that, how how it can impact those around you when when you let it kind of keep going. And growing. Um, I like the book of just how to speak German. <laughs> right. What have well, so I learned? And that is, that's like a horrifying realization too, that like, you know, the fan symbolizes, I assume, what, what I'm assuming he's about to do. Yeah, I think it's, the fan is is there to, to cover up the noise. And yeah. He, he, he drugged his own wife. I mean, it's... Very, very well thought out. Um, yeah. Her Patronus charm. Right. <laughs> I, I love that scene in the original too, where the white just appears yeah. and disappears and there's no explanation. Ever. And David Lynch is like, yeah, you can make fun of that. You can make sense of that. We'll put it back. When we'll, oh. we'll, we'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see me do it again? I'm going to put a white horse in this scene. David, what, what are you doing? I don't I'm know. Uh, oh, this is uh this actor has also passed away as well, right? The actor who yeah, plays he, Bob. He, he passed away like in the nineties. Uh, yeah. Frank Silver. Yeah, I'm glad they got to make this so that he could come back, even though his screen time is limited. Um, for optimal horrifying impact. But again, uh, I think I need to. Are we back in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are, are we back in? You know. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna remember. My God! I'll see you again in twenty nine minutes. Uh, he, yeah, he. I mean, immediately, you know, you do have to give props to him for being so great at being so horrible. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, you, there's there's a lot of great villains that you hate, uh, but you love to hate. Um, I'm thinking of like Shinless List, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Ray Fiennes. I just absolutely hate Bob. I Adolf Hitler. Hate- you love to hate Adolf Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I love to hate Adolf Hitler. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's so... It's just the weight of the scene, because yes. you know what's happening. Yeah. It, uh, but, 
it's so hard to watch. Yeah, it's just it's just horrifying. And like again, David Lynch is a very controversial filmmaker. Absolutely, specifically for scenes like this. Right. Well, uh, which I think you can understand. He's up there with, and then they didn't take it so far as to just like you know in the back of your head. No, no, no. They wanted to make sure that you know, so they show you. And it's once again Cheryl Cheryl Lee's scream there, just the cut to black. It's, and then you see her reaction in the very next scene, like just how it sticks with her. And then Leland's completely fine. Right. Cause he doesn't, he doesn't remember it. Maybe. Right, that, I, I've always taken that as an implication. Like he thinks in the back of the mind, they're like a bad dream. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, a, like a normal person, you wouldn't rationalize that you're secretly raping your daughter under the possession of a demon. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, some people like, wouldn't. Under the possession of a demon. Yeah, it's just, yeah. And then just seeing how she just can't stomach to be around him anymore. It's, ugh. Well, yeah, it's it's like what Bobby said, you know, we all killed her. Right, exactly. Everybody pushed her away. Yeah, that line, even the mother knew sort of what was happening, but she just kept talking. It does make me wonder if uh, Mark Frost was somewhat responsible for the uh, more confusing aspects of the actual series considering how easy this is to follow through on well i think the majority of the confusing things from this movie are in the missing pieces right yeah it's not like david lynch's stuff is the easiest to follow normally right i mean i've seen inland empire (laughs) right highway and i don't yeah i don't understand those still and i've seen them at least once right uh yeah the again like Oh, that little head tilt. Yeah, it's just it gets to you. It really does. It it really gets you. I love David Lynch, and I think David Lynch is a wonderful filmmaker. But I think this movie so far has been carried by the actors. Absolutely. Uh, Oh, absolutely. But I I think a big part of that does go to his direction to the actors. I'd say that's mm, a big thing. Oh no, absolutely. Um, and and the story here. I can't remember who the writer of this was. Uh, the co-writer. Um, cause he did have help. I'm not sure how much help, but it, it was Robert Engels. This is one of the very few times we see, um, see the high school throughout all of Twin Peaks and you there's James sitting in, in front of that colorful wall. Yeah. <laughs> the, famous... the show is about high school students, but you barely see the high school. I, I mean, I'd say part of the show is about high school students, but realistically it's, it's, it's about the other characters. I think. Um. Here's another man. Mm. Oh, it's Bobby. <laughs> another man. It's another man. It should have been the only man because Bobby's a Chad. I mean, kinda. He was cheating on Laura, so yeah. But everyone's yeah, yeah. a bad person cheating on him, and yeah, everyone is just a god awful person. Literally, everyone in this series cheats on whoever they're with. Leland yeah. cheats on his wife. Big Ed cheats on Nadine. Norma cheats on Hank. Donna <laughs> cheats on Bob or on uh, um, J- James. No. James cheats on 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 her. Let's see. Let's keep going down this rabbit hole. Uh, uh, Hank, che- no, Hank Shelley cheat Shelley cheats on Leo. 
Catherine mm-hmm. probably cheated on Pete. Yeah, she well, did. She did with yeah, she, did. she with um with Ben. Oh yeah, with Ben. Yeah. Ben Horn. Uh, Josie cheated on Ben. Bobby cheats on Laura, Laura. as well as Shelly. With Horn's uh, daughter. Right. Audrey. See, the only person who doesn't cheat is Gordon Cole. And <laughs> that's why he's the best. Well, he you say that, best. you say that, but Gordon Cole tried to get with Shelly while she was with Bobby. So But Gordon Cole deserves it. He can't hear. <laughs> and when he can hear, he deserves it. Oh, uh, you don't understand. Josie, I've needed these for twenty-five <laughs> years. Josie uh, cheats on on Truman. Yeah, you yeah. could just keep on going Truman down this rabbit hole. No, Truman. no, no. Uh, Lu- Lucy cheats on Andy. What's his name? Andy, yeah. Pierce Brosnan. Andy, <laughs> Andy just can't find another woman. Well, he has to talk about his sperm. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to tell you about my sperms. I'm I'm really disappointed they didn't bring back Pierce Brosnan for the return. I'm not. (laughs) I didn't want I I didn't want to see any more of Tremaine. No, we need to find out what happened to that adopted kid who was trying to kill him. Yeah. His his smiles were so full of expression. Like, he did a smile while doing a frown at the same time, and I never understood how it happened. This is me whenever I have to make plans, and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah I'll, 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 see guys, I'll see you guys in tomorrow. I'll see you guys tomorrow, and then I just hang up. I'm like, why do I do that? Yeah. I don't want to go out tomorrow. <laughs> right. Hmm. Once again, Angels. long stretches of 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 stuff. That's that's kind of the hallmark of of Lynch's work. Yeah. Wow, that's so subtle. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that n- no one can ever credit David Lynch with as being subtle. <laughs> he's never subtle. It's just confusing about what he's actually doing. <laughs> right. He knows what he means. I don't know if he does. I, I'm convinced that there's at least parts where David Lynch just does stuff, and he's like, people will make their own meaning. You got to. He's so cool with his huge forehead. There's a movie screen in your brain, and you've got to tap into it to access your creativity to put it on the screen in real life. <laughs> But don't put it on the screen of an iPhone. <laughs> that was a reaction gif if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I think it's the I think it's the fake slow mo that gets me. Yeah, yeah. that that's my favorite uh, hallmark of like the nineties is where they didn't know oh, how to actually slow mo. Oh, production slow mo. Yeah, they just took out frames and slowed it. Well, if you don't shoot for slow, slow motion, motion, which you, you can't do, slow motion. you shoot for slow motion at. Uh, for film, you shoot at 60 frames per second or something similar, a higher frame rate, so that when you slow it down, you can cut Get it at 24. Because uh, film is still done at 24 frames per second. Because uh, anything else looks weird. So if you slow down something that's shot at 24 frames a second to any slower than that, it the frame rate drops. It'll be choppy. Right. That's what causes that. Okay. There is one bad actor in Trump Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's so cool, man. James, James is the most pointless character. I really hope they do something with him in the return. I don't care for this character. What if I told you that James is in the finale of the return? Oh, the huge no. final battle of the return. James is there. Would you believe is me? James, is, is, I I would because I don't know. James is just shoved into everything when it comes to peaks, and he has no like. There's you can remove James, and I don't think it'll change much, except for the song. I mean, do you want to give it the best song in all of Twin Peaks? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to sing it? I'm, I'm not going to sing it. I'm waiting for you two to sing it. I'm not singing okay, it. Okay, anyway, that's how we'll end up this uh, commentary track. It will be all of us just singing. <laughs> Incredible. I, I don't even know how that song goes. I wonder what the copyright legality of the song is. I think there's literally four <laughs> words to it. Hey, man, they were... I don't know, man. There's three words and a letter. <laughs> <laughs> this is the scene that they, they recut for the return, and it's great how they do it. it it's seamless. Bobby yeah. killed a guy. She she does this great thing with her. I think with her eyes, which is just like, she makes it so she doesn't need to focus on anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her pupils like, are so big. <laughs> Yeah, Bobby killed a guy. <laughs> it, it's the Charlie Cox, Matt Murdock thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, like acting blind, which is a great tactic. <laughs> hey, my uh, my actual boyfriend killed a guy. Let's go see. <laughs> and it's like there, you can see her sort of snapping back. Yeah. Could you could you imagine being James though? You thought you were just hooking up with this girl. And then she's like, hey, let me show you a dead there, 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 There's so much emotional baggage, and he still doesn't turn away. Just you. And I. Together. Forever. In love. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, It's the best thing. He's so cool. He's so cool. He's never been cool. I love that line too. Your Laura disappeared. Like that's... Ah, yeah. Mm. And then the music, the classic. The the Twin Peaks music. So this is like giving up for like the last moment, like the last time anyone saw her, This is the last time anyone saw her. Yeah. Yeah. Because James was the last person to see her before she died. And it's... Like, we're just building up to her death. Every time it closes off on James's face, he always looks so constipated. <laughs> it's great that they uh, they made sure to cut the frame in his forehead. James, what's happening up here, man? <laughs> He's so smart. He's got so much brain to think with. Yeah. He's the first big brain moment. <laughs> it's yeah, interesting because start playing the Twin Peaks theme constantly, and it's just such a great connecting factor between season one and this prequel movie. Cheryl Lee in that scene just a minute ago, yeah. she looked like Ray Weiss. Like it was 
just ha- how they managed to do like the, just the framing of her face and the lighting and stuff. Yeah, it was great. It's so sad. It gets so sad now. The confliction is what Shirley does oh, so well. Yeah, like, like yeah, between yeah. like this good and this bad, and she wants to protect people, but but she doesn't know how. It's great. She wants to protect herself, yeah. but she wants to protect other people over protecting herself. Yeah. The like the screaming of "I love you," you know, because she wants. This scene was funny because James just keeps his feet on the ground while just <laughs> drifting off. <laughs> <laughs> Just you. <laughs> it's so uncool because he revs into like speed, like accelerates, but his legs are still on the ground. Reminds me of that scene from Smallville where Clark gets red kryptonite for the first time and starts riding a motorcycle, but it's always clearly just a stunt double. <laughs> oh, man, no. It's fine. Yeah, just, keep, just keep talking about Smallville. It's fine. We don't. Yeah, need to, yeah, yeah. just just yeah. laugh it up. Nothing. There's no fun after. Do you this. think? There's do you no think Clark imagine? is so cool? Yeah. So Smallville is the best Superman property, and I hope uh, the Superman Lois show does that for Clark, Superman. Clark has always been cool. <laughs> Clark is so cool. Clark has always been cool. I uh, can you imagine if James was just like, okay, I'm gonna, I need to distract myself. I'm gonna turn on the radio. Just you. <laughs> no, that's an original song he wrote. Yeah, and he's playing it on the radio. Oh, okay, got it. And he turns on the radio and it says, "This don't, is the water, and this is those, the well." Those those eleven, like don't those eleven people who follow him on Facebook want to hear songs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Jacques, Jacques is such a sleazy character. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I, there's, I don't. Is there ever been a worse sort of vibe given off by someone than Jacques? <laughs> and I'm sure he's like the nicest dude ever. Yeah. It's just. Oh yeah, they always are, aren't they? It's always like, like, uh, how was? Every time you see a behind the scenes photo of uh, Bob, it's like him and Laura, and they're just really buddy buddy. Yeah. <laughs> just like, hey. Oh, it's the bird. <laughs> I forgot about the bird. Where Jacques's like, he pecked her shoulder. Ugh. I wasn't so, Jacques, wasn't Jacques killed in the original series? Yes. Yeah, and then he comes back for the return somehow. Are you kidding me? You don't remember? No, he doesn't come back for the return. It's his brother. You don't remember? Right, it's his twin brother. Andy got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, oh, and, that's why I was confused. Andy shot a guy. Andy shot a guy. Leo acts just like he does in season two. Yeah. Wait, uh, no. Uh, so Andy shoots him. Then and he's then in the hospital. And then Leland kills him, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Leland, yeah. He, uh, he smuggles him. Smuggles him. Which is like, that's a nice power, though. Right. Yeah. Leo's just the worst. <laughs> that's Leo's his catchphrase. Shut up. It's great. There's That'd just... be like. That must be a horrifying feeling too. To like be coming out of a drugged up state to realize that you're like bound in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah and, and then, then your dad comes to rescue your you. Your dad comes. Oh. Ugh, her scream again. Oh, the 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 scream back too. Yeah, it's the one armed man. 
There's our boy Mike. Coming to the rescue. So Mike's like, Mike's like an angel, right? That's all, that's how I've always taken it. I well, think, not like an angel, but like a, a better demon. I think he's got good oh, love, and I, evil in him. I love the uh, I love the subtle like nod there with Lynn's eyes being uh-huh. bright blue. Yes. Oh. I've never been more tense in a movie. Yeah, oh, maybe a quiet place. <laughs> a quiet place was such a. Hey, I would, hey just be glad you're watching this with two other people and not yeah, alone. No, it's, it's much worse I'm, alone. I'm actually quite. I, I'm actually. I don't like that I'm doing this with two other people because I don't quite like watching people be abused with my friends. <laughs> the um. And we, we have to make jokes or change the subject just to. The the pink room is the worst one to watch with other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that they they keep the camera thing there. Where it's, it's literally just the cameraman running. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is so horrifying. Mm. Oh. Pain and sorrow, boys. Pain and sorrow. I think it's weird to say uh, one, one of the bad parts is trying to figure out whether well it's Bob or yeah. yeah no that is an interesting part because Leland does such a good job at his his oh. delivery he just constantly is shifting back and forth between like the, the, the facial structure that he's got Yeah, there's the iconic mm-hmm. shot of Laura Palmer yeah See, the, when you send me this shot of Laura Palmer, because I said the shot from season one is what bothered me, and you said it got worse in season two. Mm-hmm. Season one's is more terrifying season, and the Firewalk With Me is just sad. Oh. <laughs> Firewalk With Me is just sad. We'll always put it. It, it. it reminds me a lot of um, the, the, shot. The, the scene with Laura's cousin, where you can just see her give up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it, just, like, just that sort of, like, you know, you can't keep fighting forever. Right. Yeah. There comes a time when like, there's nothing left for you to do, so you just have to give up. Just have yeah. to give up. And it, it's, like, horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's not like a realization you want or anything. It's not something it's you have, it's not a choice you ever want to make. Right. I don't ever want to give up. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> there's the ring. The iconic ring. Uh, so the missing pieces, which I don't know if we'll talk more about in, uh, you know, in the return discussion that we end up doing. Yeah. Uh, but they have a lot of scenes which kind of tie into the ring and also make everything a bit more clear. Right. Uh, this is absolutely horrifying. The like I said, David Lynch and his use of strobes, man. And like the the operatic music, yes, yeah. mm. building. It shows you just enough. Yes, it's one of the few times where David Lynch's restraint is more unsettling. Yeah, it, it's like hey, so. This is what David Lynch has going through his mind at all times. <laughs> Man, I sure hope not. And then Gordon Cole. Gordon Cole. That is what this movie is missing. Not yeah. Gordon Cole specifically, but that sort of. That, that lighter stuff. Factor of from uh, extremely sad scenes to uplifting and happy scenes just spliced. It just makes you sad, man. Mm-hmm. It just makes you sad. Wrapped in wrapped plastic. in plastic. She's dead. 
Wrapped in plastic. There she is, wrapped in plastic. So, um, one of the things I was going to talk about was uh, it actually kind of clears up what happened to Annie because they mm. never ever comment on that. Yeah, that's one of the things that the return I think misses. I would have liked to seen to have seen a conclusion to to Annie's story. What the, yeah, I was Annie. waiting for it. I've only watched half of it, and there was nothing about Annie. And I'm there's, still really curious about they, it. Um, but there's a deleted scene. It might be in the missing pieces. I don't quite know. Uh, but the scene is that they find Annie, and it's like her in a hospital bed, and she's got the ring on, which signifies that you know she got out okay, and she is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think a nurse took takes the ring and just starts laughing, and that was kind of all they had. Gotcha. Uh, also, this cut to green screen. Yeah. <laughs> Or whatever. David Lynch is usually pretty good at special effects, but yeah. some some of them. I think he likes to use the the old style. Um, he even uses old style in the Return. He's very stuck in his ways. I feel, but he does know how to do good special effects. Like it yeah. shouldn't shouldn't be understated that that he is pretty good at that. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> criminal. Ding 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 ding. Right. <laughs> Wrapped in plastic. Wrapped in plastic. I also it's, just I, love the atmosphere that the Red Room creates. Well, yeah, it's like at the same time, it gives off this kind of vibe of being dark because of the colors and the scheme and everything. But also it seems like a peaceful place. Yes, it seems super peaceful and hopeful and, yeah. and, and nice, but it's actually like horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and I also like how it's the significance of death. Like, anyone who goes to the Red Room is dead. Except for they, Special they, Agent Dale Cooper. It, well, they may have doppelgangers, which allowed them to return, but right. they're dead for the best part. Right. Like, here, Leland is dead. Wrapped in plastic. Wrapped in plastic. Wrapped in curtains. Oh, I'm, it still messes with me how they shot everything in reverse. Man, it's. I have no idea how they were able to pull Must that off. Must have been such a tedious process. He stole my also, corn. Also, this, this corn scene, like the reverse eating. <laughs> it's so disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Monkey. So <laughs> Monkey. Uh, Monkey. I'm telling you, this is what that's. That's what Judy. David Lynch has in his life, in his head at all times. Does David Lynch have a pet monkey? Probably. He should. I, I don't he think has to, right? In plastic, and we're back where we started. She's dead. Wrapped in plastic. I like that Leland cleared, cleaned her lipstick off. Yeah. <laughs> he cleaned her up before he threw her in the in the river. Yeah. Man, I just... I, I will say, though, now, the, this ending... Is it's? I'll just say, it. it's nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Because you get to see your boy. I'm I'm always down to see more of Special Agent Dale Cooper. Yeah. So that so this is after season two, right? Not. I, I, don't I think yes, so. I, but I don't think time works the same way in the Black Lodge as it does yeah. in real life. I just I I, I don't. Right, I, like just, the, um, I the, didn't the, expect this movie to have a light note happy ending the way it does. Honestly, I expected it to end on Hunky. <laughs> Same, Hunky. Well, like, like this is season two, Dale Cooper. 
Or right. season yeah. two point five, Dale Cooper. Yeah. Right. Who know, who who's already been through everything? And she's like, "Yeah, I'm chilling." See, I wouldn't mind chilling in the Black Lodge for like twenty five years. You could just sit down, play some games, watch some movies, talk with the arm. Hey, hey, so what are you getting up to today? Well, and then once he turns into, you know, a brain on a stick. We're talking over this, but it's a wonderful scene. Absolutely. Well, there's no dialogue, so we kind of have to talk over it because people can't hear Josh. Right, I know. But also, just be I, I just wanted to comment on like how it is a wonderful scene. Absolutely, and, uh, it's it's a happy ending. And surprisingly heartwarming. I like the yeah. I like the implication that Cooper is the angel too. Yeah. Um. Which well, that's also, the angel from the photo, right? But Cooper is Laura's angel. Cooper is the one who you know. Um is able to told her, he told her to take the ring and everything he's the one who's able to give her peace yeah um yeah. which i really like yeah and i also, also i think like it's it's bittersweet you know because you know you know she got raped and murdered but at the same time you're like she got raped and murdered and in doing so escaped the worst existence of potential yeah. people that she loves right and she got to meet Special Agent Dale Cooper, which is all anyone could ever hope for and spent 25 years with Dale Cooper <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I spend the rest of my life with Del Cooper. Same, same. This is damn the, good again. I can't chat man enough. My man Angelo Badalamenti. Absolutely stellar, yeah. stellar. So I, you cool. know what I want to see? I just want to see Pete go fishing. That's all I want. I want him yeah, to I, finally get to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Not from the percolator eater. <laughs> I just want to see my man go for, like fishing for freedom. Yeah. My, homie, my boy has been ruined by Catherine and he deserves <laughs> happiness and not with a doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> not with a doorknob. Mm. Man. Wow. What a, what a movie. Absolutely. It's, I, once again, I think it's a great film. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people don't like it. I get yeah. that. I get it. But I can, and I can even understand why people don't like it. Because there are a lot of people, number one, it while it does play to Lynch's audience, it doesn't yeah. really, you know, it, 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 it plays to, to his audience, but at the same time, it's sort of just like horribly depressing. But it is such a gut-wrenching story with so many, yeah. I, I, it's one of those movies that it, you watch it, and it, it flushes out everything so much. Like, it's a movie that's needed. Well, we get even though people don't like it, we get so exposed to 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 movies as we don't really think of them as having messages. And this one, it just like like there are movies, and I love movies that are just for fun. But this movie has a clear message, mm-hmm. but it's not it's it's not forced over your head, and you don't even really understand it. The message is whatever it means to you, and I think that's so powerful about what he was able to do with this movie specifically and all of Twin Peaks kind of but this movie yeah. specifically it's it's I, I don't know it's really great and it is it is probably my favorite movie that David Lynch has made um but it's it, the only movie that David Lynch has made that I've watched I don't I'd recommend a few of his movies uh The Elephant Man is a great one Elephant Man um, is great yeah uh but yeah I'm, like it's, it's no, I'm not going to watch Eraserhead 
Just saying, you should watch Razorhead. I'm you absolutely should. Once you go, to, we'll, we'll save a Razorhead for last. Go down the David Lynch rabbit hole. Watch Mulholland Drive. Uh, what's the movie Lost with Highway. Nick Cage? Lost Highway. No, uh, is that Raising Arizona? Is that Nick Cage? No, no, uh, no. He uh, he's done a lot of movies. You know, Lost Highway, Inland Empire, Mulholland Drive. But like, maybe he's is, Nick Cage is in Inland Empire, isn't he? He might be. That's a very good question. Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, the thing with David Lynch is he tends to keep a lot of the people who Absolutely. are in his movie. Well, uh, and I think Nicolas Cage was in Wild at Heart. There it is. Yeah, Wild yeah. at Heart. Yeah, go down the Lynch rabbit hole, Itzum, and then once you've done that, then watch Eraserhead. Ah. But, uh, yeah, thank you for joining us on this absolutely horrifying episode. Absolutely depressing. Horrifying, depressing, many, many things. Thank uh, you for making me sad, boys. <laughs> our pleasure. Um, but yeah, we will see you next week when we discuss the final part of Twin Peaks, quite likely ever. Uh, there might not be any more after the return, but uh, thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you next time. <laughs>